handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody and Derek back with you. Derek, it's been a minute since we've been together, man. I know we've both had a lot of things going on, but uh, mm-hmm. glad to be back here, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, just working, same thing as usual. Yeah, you're right. It's been a, a little bit since you and I had a video together. So, yeah, I mean, ready to talk about some more Colts football, man. <laughs> right. And obviously, the people who are listening to this know a little bit of a different type of video kind of throwing it back to last year we were joking off air Derek like you know last year at this time we weren't doing really video we were doing kind of the audio in a video form and you know we're doing it again for this episode and probably the episode that I'll talk about you know the second part I guess of this series here that we're going to be looking at kind of breaking down the Colts offense and the Colts defense asking the question okay how good Will the Indianapolis Colts offense and defense be? So today, obviously, we're focusing on the offense. The big name everybody knows, Derek, is Carson Wentz, right? Yes. Uh, Just had his introductory press conference here, I believe it was this past week, and uh, was kind of answering a bunch of questions. He went on Pat McAfee's show. Seems like it's been a really good place for him mentally. I know he just got here not too long ago and, you know, less than a week officially being an Indianapolis Colt, even though he got traded a few weeks ago. But we can start there with quarterback, the most important position on the offense, but possibly the most important position in sports. Uh, Carson Wentz comes over from Philadelphia after really a, (laughs) I'll just say it, a terrible season this past season. There's a lot of factors that contribute to that, obviously. The injuries on the Eagles, potential fractured relationship with some of the Eagles, whether that's Doug Peterson, whether that's with Howie Roseman, a lot of rumors floating around there. But uh, nonetheless, from a statistical standpoint, nothing was good on the Eagles. Uh, and, and Carson Wentz was one of those things. Right. It was a big struggle. But now he's reunited with Frank Reich. And if you remember when in, in that 2017 season, when the last season that Reich was the offensive coordinator of Philadelphia, I mean, Carson Wentz was having an MVP-type season, right? I mean, he's a quarterback. I was watching some of his highlights from our guy Colin, Colin Telez. So, I mean, pretty much everybody who likes highlight videos, especially about the Colts, go check him out. Mm-hmm. But just looking at Carson Wentz, man, I mean, this guy is a – from everything – I've said this before, Derek. He is exactly what you are looking for from a physical standpoint for your franchise quarterback. Undoubtedly. I mean, over he's like 6'5", 240, 245 pounds, just about the same size as Andrew Luck. Pat McAfee said he walked in, said that he is much bigger than I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because – I remember Carson was, uh, he kind of confronted him on it. Uh, he kind of yeah. called back with the out a little bit. And it was hilarious. A little, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that was the great thing about that interview is that, you know, the introductory press conference, it was more formal, you know, trying to be civilized. Yeah. And, you know, he, 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 you know, heard what McAfee was saying and he called him out. You know, he seemed to, he seemed to be enjoying himself talking to Pat a little bit. So, you know, he seemed a little bit more, open and at peace with it he was calling pat mcafee out a little bit so it was funny 
Yeah, it was pretty hilarious because obviously they're joking and stuff. And Pat's like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's always like, man, I'm a very forgiving guy. There's room for forgiveness. But, you know, there is that there is that risk. I think that's obviously why Pat McAfee reacted the way he did. I think he represents a good amount of Colts Nation who probably felt similar. Like, really? Carson Wentz? Out of all the mm-hmm. options you had, Matthew Stafford, you know, just name a few. You know, Matthew Stafford's obviously the most important one. Aaron Rodgers potentially being on the move. Obviously, that hasn't happened. But, you know, we get Carson Wentz. And I guess everybody's had the question, okay, what are we going to get from Wentz? Here in 2021, I mean, 2020 was terrible, but 2017 and even 2018, you look and you're like, okay, I mean, this guy has shows you a lot of things, man. Like he can make he can make some of the most insane throws I've ever seen. Like there were so many times. How many times has Carson Wentz is on the move, you know, escaping pressure and just making these insane? And I'll just say it, Andrew Luck type of plays. Yes, I, I watched a highlight of him yesterday, and I was just like. Oh my word, like hands on my head. Like, I don't know how he just made that play happen. Like that is incredible. Yeah. And that's what you get with Carson Wentz. He's a mobile, mobile quarterback. I would say, you know, from a mobility standpoint, he's probably a little bit more mobile than Andrew Luck. I mean, I saw him take off or at least more willing to run it. I saw him take off a lot in some of those highlight videos. And I was like, man, this guy is athletic as all can be. And uh, obviously he can sling the rock. He, I saw one play, Derek, you know, talking about that Jacoby Brissett play a couple of years ago where literally Carson Wentz is rolling out to his right. He gets hit. He's like falling. He chucks the ball 45 yards into his receiver's hands. I mean, this is the type of guy that the Colts are getting. And when we know the negatives, we know the positives, but we have to answer the question, man, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, how good can this Colts offense be? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that is the big question. You know, I think a lot of people over the last couple of days have people been watching the pressers and the interview with Pat McAfee. You know, a lot of people had that same question Pat McAfee was, was he turned off mentally? And I think that that question has been answered pretty well with, you know, everything going on. I think that he does still have that love for football. He just had a really bad year. So did the Eagles. And, you know, just a lot of unfortunate things happen. And I think he's just really happy to be in a new, fresh place. And I think that, you know, being in a situation with his old coach and being around some guys that he knows, you know, I think will motivate him even more to want to try to get even better and back to that 2017, 2018 form that we saw where he was looking like an MVP quarterback. And sure enough, he really doesn't need to be an MVP quarterback for us to be a good team. We just need him to be on the same level, if not better than Phillip Rivers, which, you know, he certainly has the mobility factor that he definitely can use in his favor versus what Phillip Rivers had. And his arm is certainly still there, has a really great arm, really strong arm. And he's an aggressive quarterback, just like Phillip Rivers is. I really think that, you know, as long as he continues to make the right decisions and He's going to have more of an offseason this time around than what Philip Rivers really had. Philip Rivers came in kind of understanding the the uh, the scheme and the system uh, pretty well because it was kind of the same thing that Frank used to run with him back in the Chargers days. But, you know, it, it's going to be a little different for Carson, but Carson's going to have a little bit more workouts and OTAs. Training camp is going to be a little better this time around. They'll have more time to kind of, get used to it a lot quicker. And I think that that's really going to help 
Carson, he's probably going to have a few early games this year, just like Rivers did, where he's going to have to try to get a feel for the receivers and everything. But I think he's going to do much better this time around. I think that this offense with what Carson Wentz is able to bring to the table physically, I think is just such a much better kind of feel here to this offense. And I cannot wait to see what this offense can do. You and me both, man. I think people forget even last year, like the Colts weren't able to, Phil Burgess wasn't able to throw with his receivers for a long time. They weren't allowed in the building for a long time. And so I agree. I think with OTAs, with everything that you weren't able to do last year, that you're able to do this year. I mean, Carson Wentz has already been throwing with some of his receivers already, even before it was official, right? So I think you're right. I think it, you know, and, and going back to your thing about Philip Rivers in the playbook, I think it's going to be similar with Carson because he was with Frank Reich for two years. Playbook will obviously be a little bit different, but like, and I know like Pat McAfee asked him, hey, have you gotten a chance to look at the playbook? And he basically said, I've gotten looked into it a little bit. And he said, you know, some of the plays seem like they're pretty similar in certain ways. Said, obviously, I'll have to dive into that a little bit more. But I like that. I like that he's going to have uh, that familiarity with that system. And I just like the fact that, you know, he has Frank Reich, who has gotten the most out of him, really had gotten the most out of all the quarterbacks that he's used. You think of Andrew Luck, had one of his better seasons in his one year with Frank Reich. Obviously, you had Jacoby Brissett. And then Phillip Rivers had a really nice season, a nice bounce back season from this past year. So, yeah, I think that ultimately will be the biggest question, though, is like, can he be as good, if not better, than Phillip Rivers was in 2020? And if he can, man, I think the sky's the limit for this offense. But there's so many other guys we have to talk about, too. Like, obviously, talking about the running backs with Jonathan Taylor being your lead back, re-signing Marlon Mack for two years, and then Naheem Hines. I mean, man, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would challenge anybody to come up with three better names in your backfield right now than what the Indianapolis Colts have in their stable. Yeah, I, I don't think there really is one. I mean, you look at all across the board of what they have from experience-wise. I mean, there might be some running backs at this moment in time that are more elite than somebody like a Jonathan Taylor. But when you look at the whole group in totality, I mean, Jonathan Taylor right now, I could argue... Jonathan Taylor, at the end of that year, he's already solidified himself as probably a top 10 running back. I could make that argument. And then Marlon Mack, who, you know, before he got injured last year, was a top 10 running back. I mean, this guy certainly has the ability to make some great plays. He's very familiar with the system. He loves playing in Indianapolis. So that's a great one. And then on top of that, you know, Naheem Hines, your third running back, who's basically your all-purpose back where, you know, he can run, he can catch, he can do all these different things. You can scheme with him. And he was one of the better catching running backs in the NFL last season. Honestly, I think he was top three when you look at his stats and effectiveness on screens and other routes that he ran. So, you know, all across the board, this running back group is so talented, so gifted. And on top of that, they're only costing the Colts $6 million. $6 million for a group of people that those three guys, each of them are top 10 at what they do. I mean, it is incredible what those guys are able to do. Now, Marlon Mack, we don't know what he's going to look like for this season coming up. You know, we'll have to see what he does. But ultimately, again, for three great talented running backs to cost you so little and to help, especially a young quarterback that's coming in and trying to learn the scheme and trying to get equipped with the offense. It's so much easier 
to get a good jump on the offense when you have three running backs that you can lean on to help move the offense. Yeah, and like like you said, I think when all these guys are healthy, obviously Marlon Mack, you're going to have to monitor that Achilles injury. There's been some some bad history with guys in the past who have suffered from that. So Colts obviously have to keep an eye on that. But saying that, you're right. Like Marlon Mack, when given the opportunity in 2019, I mean, he was over a thousand yard back. Jonathan Taylor obviously finished third overall in rushing. I mean, that just shows you how on on what kind of tear he was in that second half of the season. And then Naheem Hines led the Colts in receiving in terms of receptions. So all three of these guys do so many good things for you. And, you know, kind of looking back at what Carson Wentz has had, like with he had Darren Sproles for a couple of seasons. I kind of think that that could be really good for Carson Wentz to have a guy like that in Naheem Hines. I really, I really like that. So, yeah, overall, I think this running back group is going to help this offense so, so much. A strength last season really has been a strength the last couple seasons. You know, with kind of the question marks at quarterback, the running backs, you haven't really had a question. I mean, Marlon Mack, going from Marlon Mack to Jonathan Taylor and then just having Naheem Hines sprinkled in there has been phenomenal, man. It has been absolutely phenomenal. So I think if there's anything that's going to hold back this offense, it's not going to be the running back position. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this running back group is going to continue to be the staple of this offense and as it should be. I mean, with the way the Colts like to run by committee and the way they like to be able to utilize the run game in order to make sure that offense moves. I mean, we saw with the Buccaneers last season, you saw it a bunch of times how, and even when you saw the Kansas city chiefs at the beginning of the year, when they were able to run the ball effectively and when you're able to continue to have that presence, it opens up the passing game so much more because the team has to focus on keeping the running back from getting four, five, six yards on every run. And when you do that, it really opens up your playbook. And I think that's what's going to be great about this offense is that it's going to allow Carson Wentz to get a lot more open looks and a lot more creative with the running backs that we have and are able to make other defenses respect them in that way. Yeah, I definitely agree. I would say, obviously, the running backs are huge weapons for what the Colts are going to use, and they have used them in the past. Speaking of weapons, let's talk about some of these other weapons, potentially, at wide receiver and tight end, right? So we don't know right now what is going to happen with T.Y. Hilton. I mean, there's been hints by Kenny Moore. He's kind of been trolling Colts fans, to be honest, (laughs) on if T.Y. Hilton's going to come back or not. He said a couple, like, subtle things, and we're just like, does that mean T.Y.'s coming back? So... You know, T.Y. Hilton's kind of an up in the air. We think he's probably going to come back. We think he should probably come back with kind of the uncertainty at wide receiver you have right now and the market kind of drying up at this point. But, you know, you have some younger guys like Michael Pittman. You have Zach Paschal, who's been very good. You have Paris Campbell coming back, who has struggled with some injuries, but he's shown you something when he's been healthy. He's kind of that burner wide receiver that you need, kind of that do-it-all gadgety type guy that, you know, can kind of just do whatever you need from him. And then you have younger guys like Ashton Doolin to Michael Harris for your wide receivers. Then obviously at tight end, you have Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox who are still under contract, uncertain about Trey Burton. I probably think the Colts are going to look to upgrade at tight end and move on from Trey Burton. But what is your overall thoughts on this wide receiver slash tight end group? Do you think the Colts need to add to it or, or how do you feel about it right now? Yeah, I do believe that the Colts need to continue to improve on that wide receiver group. Anyone that's been following this podcast for the last like two weeks knows how much that I've been really adamant on the Colts getting some kind of wide out that would just level this team up a little more. And, you know, we haven't really done that. 
So, you know, it's been a little frustrating for me. But nevertheless, I do believe that we have a bunch of young, uh, solid receivers that I think can really do a lot of damage. Pittman really started showing out in the last half of the season that he started showing you some hints at what he can do. Zach Pascoe's always been a very consistent wide receiver, always appreciated his game. He'll always be that solid number three for me. And then, you know, Paris Campbell, you know, if the, if he does get healthy, I mean, he certainly got the big play potential written all over him, had an unfortunate knee injury last year that just, you know, it's rough for everyone, but looks to be getting back to full strength here soon. So that's great. And honestly, you know, we t- you talk about the tight ends. I've been saying all the time about how I want Mo Ali Cox to be the number one because of his ability and what he's shown this last year. And here's the other thing. I think a lot of times we've we've neglected to mention this argument. You know, we talked about Hines and the running back group and what they were able to do in the passing game. You know, I know obviously we've gone past the running backs. So we're talking about receivers. But when we're talking about the passing game here, I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, Cody, but last year, I mean, the amount of screens that the Colts threw last year was surprising. I don't know if it if statistically it actually was a lot more than previous years, but it felt a whole lot more like they ran a lot more screens with the running backs. And I feel like that they'll continue to do that, especially early with Wentz trying to get him, you know, into the groove a little better and was quite effective too for Indianapolis with the offensive line that they have they have the ability to go out and block for a lot of screen plays because a lot of their offensive linemen are really good at doing that. So, you know, on top of that, I mean, you know, the the young receiving threats that we have is really good. I, I would love to just at some point find that true number one that I know can just dominate the game at any time. I mean, that was once T.Y. Hilton. Hilton's still a good wide receiver. If we end up keeping him, that'll be good for us. You know, it's still a solid wide receiver that, you know, will still provide some good production and good leadership on that wide receiver front. But, you know, again, it's just for me, we need to still try to find that number one. Is it going to be Michael Pittman here this next year? Is the gadget player in Paris Campbell going to be the guy? I don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. There are a lot of unknowns at wide receiver right now. Like, can Michael Pittman ascend to the number one receiver? Can T.Y. Hilton, if you do re-sign him, can he continue to be productive despite his age and despite some injuries he's had the last couple seasons? I'll say this last season, he was pretty healthy pretty much, but he has had some injuries before, so that is a question mark. So I agree with you. And one thing that's interesting about the tight ends, it's been reported that the Colts are looking to potentially get a playmaking tight end. Now, obviously, unless you get like a Zach Ertz, which I don't even know if I consider him at this point, a stud playmaking tight end with his age and everything like that. I feel like it's going to be, it's more and more pointing to the draft. Like the Colts might address it in this 2021 NFL draft, because I feel like, you know, you've kind of put a little bit of a bandaid at tight end. We like what we see from Mo Alley Cox, but you haven't had a bona fide number one tight end. Like you talked about Derek about like, look at some of the teams that have been like some of the best in football and some of the ones that have gone in the postseason and made runs of the Super Bowl. Common trend, is it dominant wide receiver? Well, not always. What is it? It's a dominant tight end. It's a mm-hmm. tight end that can do a little bit of both, and I think that's what the Colts are looking for, a guy that that can do that, you know, has a lot of upside as a blocker and as a, as a receiving tight end. So I think the Colts might – that could be actually a very surprising pick 
for a lot of people if the Colts were to take a tight end kind of early, earlier than a lot of people think. So I definitely think tight end could be in the mix there in the draft at some point, maybe a little bit earlier than some people think. But let's move on to the last point here on the Colts offense. The strength of this team has been the strength of this team for a couple of years, the offensive line. Obviously, we all know about the need at left tackle. Like, we know this. The Colts know this. Jim Mersey talked about how the Colts are going to address it probably pretty early in this draft. But uh, overall, man, from looking at all this, at this unit as a whole, I guess, it's one of the best in football. What are your thoughts on that and how that can help just really trickle down to every aspect of this offense? I mean, it really has come full circle over the last like five years. You know, we've always said it, but a lot of times, you know, it kind of got glossed over with, you know, the new age of the quarterback and how amazing and important it is. And then all of a sudden over the last couple of years, it's really started to pick back up saying, how important is an offensive line to a team success? And it really is very important on this offensive line. I mean, you know, again, we could plug a bunch of different players at left tackle right now, and this offensive line would still be uh, amongst the top end of offensive lines. And, you know, I truly believe that because, you know, the four guys that we know are coming back, those guys are all really good. Uh, I mean, you got three offensive linemen currently that are probably top five at their positions currently at what they do left guard center and right tackle so you know if that tells you anything about how good this offensive line is I mean it's obviously great but you know this is so pivotal for a quarterback coming into a new system right coming to a new team a new system and at a place where last year he was getting hit a lot now granted Carson Wentz did a little bit of that to himself. I'm not saying that he didn't, but there were a bunch of times where that offensive line was so atrocious that, you know, he was running for his life, you know? And, and the great thing is, is if we do address that in the, in the draft, you know, then there's a, probably a good chance that, you know, Carson's not going to get sacked that much and he's not going to have to worry as much and he can afford to take some of those shots and wait a little bit longer to get creative, you know, do things like that may result in a few more sacks than what we saw Phillip rivers do because Phillip rivers isn't a completely different quarterback. Phillip rivers was used to throwing the ball quickly, getting it out. I mean, I think he threw it the third quickest of any quarterback in the NFL last season. So obviously there's a reason he only got sacked 18 times, but even with Carson, even if he took a few more sacks than that, that's still a whole lot better than what it was his last year when he got sacked 50 times. So, you know, the offensive line, just being able to push this run game and being able to protect the quarterback the way they can. I mean, it really does help an offense and especially for an offense that, you know, has said that they sometimes have an issue with, you know, who is the true number one when it comes to the receiving end, you know, it really helps balance that out with being able to space the field out you can uh, be a lot more creative that way. So yeah, this strength for this offense is the offensive line. It has continued to be that way. I'm glad that Ballard has, you know, made that so. And I mean, it's great that we have it. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, Derek. So to wrap this up, I want to pull up the statistics from the Colts last year, their offense last year, they finished overall as a team as the 10th best ranked offense. They actually, interesting enough, were 11th in both categories in passing and rushing in terms of yardage. 
So if the Colts do what we think they're going to do, they address left tackle, they get another potential playmaker at wide receiver and or tight end, where do you think they could go? Do you think they'll be up from that ranking? Do you think they'll be down from that ranking? We know, obviously, a lot of it relies on the quarterback, but based off of the stuff around him, the relationship with Frank Reich, where do you have this offense potentially being? And that's a big if because there's a lot of moves the Colts still have to make on offense. But what do you kind of foresee potentially if all goes well? Well, I mean, I think that for first off, if I want to go rushing offense, you said that they both finished 11th. I honestly think this next year that – the Colts rushing attack will be in the top 10 this next year. No question about it for me. We saw, you know, for the first six, seven weeks of the season, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines not really getting a lot of great opportunities. You know, even Wilkins came in to bench Jonathan Taylor a little bit because Jonathan Taylor was struggling. I don't anticipate them to struggle as much early on in the season, rushing the football the way they did. I think that they'll, They all have a little bit better familiarity now, and they'll also be a lot more fresh, too. If all the guys stay healthy, then these guys will stay fresher for longer period of times. So I think that they'll be in the top 10, no question about that. For passing, I would probably say it goes down a little bit. I would still say in the top 15, probably end up 13th or 14th for me, because even though I believe that Carson can open the playbook a little bit more often. And I think that results in a few more touchdowns than what Phillip Rivers gave us. I think that with yardage wise and efficiency wise, I think it goes down a little bit. So I think that's ultimately why I think it drops just a little bit. It will be close to about the same thing we saw from last year in regards to touchdowns and things like that. It'll be better than that. But with efficiency wise, I think it goes down just a little bit. That makes sense. I, I think that really makes sense, especially going back, doubling down on your take on the running backs and just the rushing game. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Carson Wentz can run the ball too. So I think that might contribute where Phillip Rivers was a statue, right? He was not going to run the ball. And if he did, you knew it wasn't designed. But with Carson Wentz, you can kind of get away with that a little bit more. He can make plays out of nothing if a play does break down or if it's a design quarterback run, he can do those things. So I agree. I think maybe That's why the passing game might be slightly down from a numbers standpoint. I think it might be a little bit more efficient, like in the red zone and different things like that. But I think maybe statistically and stats lie a lot. We talked about this a lot, but I think overall, maybe the running game will go up while maybe the the passing yards might go down just a tad. I think the touchdowns will certainly go up for that, but you know, maybe the interceptions go up as well. I mean, honestly, you don't know, but That's kind of my thought on it. And yeah, I think that'll wrap up our look at the talking about the Colts offense. Will it be better? Will it be worse? We kind of think it might be right, right around the same. Obviously we'll think some things might be a little bit better. Some things might be a little bit worse, but one thing is for certain the quarterback, there's a lot more potential with this quarterback than there was with Phillip Rivers. I think it's obvious. We can say that Carson Wentz opens up the playbook a lot more. So I think the Colts are going to be a lot more unpredictable this year, just because they have a quarterback that allows them to do that. They have the trio of running backs now that you really feel confident in. If they bring back T.Y. Hilton, you feel okay about that wide receiver group because the Colts were doing it without Marlon Mack, without Paris Campbell, without really a starting caliber left tackle for a decent chunk of that season last year. So if all those things can come together, I really feel good about this offense, man. And uh, if Carson Wentz can get back to even you know the previous year, even to his 2019 form, I will be more than happy about that. 
Yes. Um, if he can just do what Phillip Rivers did, I mean, this Colts offense is going to be in the top 10. So, yes, I think that's done. I think we're done looking at the offense. For any of our listeners who are checking it out, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you're still here, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. We crank out content pretty much every day. We try to get out as much as we can. We really appreciate all your support for over 6,000 subs. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.